This is Four Color Radio, where the notes meet the page. And good evening, everyone. It is another hot Tuesday here in Edmonton, Alberta, most specifically Sherwood Park, where I am broadcasting live here uh, on the Sound Sugar Radio Network via the Origin Roads Studios. And I am very, very happy to be here again this week. Uh, very fortunate to talk more nerdy things, comics, music, uh, and all awesome stuff in between. And uh, before I get too far into things, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that this show is being broadcast from Treaty 6 Territory, the traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. And I also want to add that tomorrow, June 30th, on 400 radio stations across Canada, uh, tomorrow is a day to listen. Uh, so if you listen to broadcast radio uh, in any way, shape, or form, tune in to your favorite station. Uh, they may be one of the ones that are participating uh, in a day of listening to Indigenous stories, Indigenous music, and crafts, and uh, online. It's in conjunction with the Gord Downey and Cheney Wenjek Fund, uh, and it is out there to expose Indigenous talent and uh, to share Indigenous stories with people. So again, tomorrow, June 30th, on uh, 400 radio stations across Canada, I know know in Edmonton it is being broadcast on Sonic and also on I believe now radio and there may be others but those are the two I'm most familiar with and even though I probably shouldn't be pimping out other radio stations and getting you to listen to Sound Sugar Radio this is pretty important and I want everyone to know about that um, hey I'm your host Jay Bardella <laughs> I didn't even say that into the get-go um, Time for people to check out SoundSugarRadio.com where you're listening to the show. You can click on the live chat button and you can join the group chat uh, with some folks that are in there, including, I believe, my guest. Jason, have you chat? Have you chimed into the chat? Are you in the chat? Hello. Uh, <laughs> I am not yet, but okay. I'm you're working just on about to type something. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to find a something really stupid to say. No. <laughs> uh, my guest this evening is Jason Everett. Uh, he is an artist and uh, probably in the top three people with the greatest amount of musical knowledge that I've ever come across. Um, at least uh, our mutual friend <laughs> Troy you. seems to think that we are in some kind of upper echelon of music enthusiasts um, for sure. But thank you so much, Jason, for coming I'll out tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. This is, uh, yeah, anytime to talk Trek, Trek and music. And that is exactly what we're talking tonight. <laughs> we are going to be talking about um, Star Trek, the motion picture, the score uh, from that film, uh, which there's a whole lot to kind of unpack with the film, its association with comics and everything in between. Uh, but I guess I'm just going to kind of open it up first. Is it, um, what is it to you, Jason, that, really like appeals to you about this about this soundtrack i think from all of sort of not just trek but sort of larger space-based movies in general which i'm very fond of i think sort of 
it has the there's something sort of so mysterious so sci-fi-esque about how the composition was made how mysterious it is how, how uh, it, it's it's just such a I can't even, I mean, I guess when we get into it, you know, I describe more specific things, but I think as a Trekkie, it encapsulates Star Trek better than any other music in Star Trek. And I include some other wonderful examples. So it's, you know, it's in good company, but it's in, it's just that much. It's just such a perfect encapsulation of what Trek is in my opinion. Well, this, the, uh, the score was crafted by uh, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, who's, who's known for mm-hmm. creating some of the most uh, like iconic, um, I guess, riffs, I guess is the best way to kind of maybe describe them, of Star Trek. And really his ability to, to embrace uh, all of like sci-fi and, and, and just kind of make it. And this is almost unprecedented because we're going back, like the film is from 1979. Uh, but of course... The film isn't happening until 10 years after the TV show was off the air. So now they're bringing not just the cast back, but they're bringing Goldsmith back as well to try to, to try to craft some kind of new sounds and, and new feels for, for the Trek universe. Yeah. And ironically enough, there wasn't supposed to have been a movie to begin with. It was supposed to have been right. what they call Star Trek phase two, which was essentially a proto next generation. And uh, that, actually became a film but a lot of those pieces of uh the motion picture i think sort of got extended to the next generation but yeah it's sort of a a sort of a fresh start for it um i think also you know by that point gene roddenberry had really gotten into sort of the more utopian aspects of what he wanted in the federation and i think that really comes to light in this movie um awesome i think that's sort of yeah. yeah, we're going to kick right off here with the first uh, the first big major, the first cut from the album. And yeah, we're doing this tonight on vinyl. So I mean, uh, for those of you hardcores that are listening to me and you're waiting for me to like botch a needle drop, don't worry, it'll happen. Uh, but we're going to get going with the first uh, split track, which is the main title theme and the Klingon battle. And this is coming to you from the score of the 1979 Star Trek, the uh, motion picture.
That was the main title theme from Star Trek, the motion picture, along with Klingon Battle. And I had a really good piece of trivia to go along with that. But then one of our guys in the chat chimed in with it. And now I feel it's ruined because everyone's in the chat, except no, there's only like a handful of people in the chat. So we'll talk about it anyway (laughs) in regards to the Klingon Battle. Um, As it turns out, and I did not know this. I guess as a casual Star Trek fan, I was not nearly as aware, but it wasn't until the original motion picture where the language of Klingon was first spoken and it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was created or crafted or first spoken uh, by the great, great Canadian uh, James DeHaan. So like, great. We oh, can, yeah. Canadians can take credit for so much. <laughs> it's yeah. It, that, I remember that too. I mean, because I, I actually grew up watching the original series first, so mm-hmm. I saw th- those before I actually saw um, the motion picture. So seeing the ridges for the, you know, the whole. I mean, we're talking about the reinvention of Star Trek, and it's again, it was like a reinvention of Klingon. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was um, so well done. I mean, that Klingon theme is my favorite Star Trek piece piece of star trek music ever it's such an incredible piece it's 
and it, I love how both tracks, like the main title and that, are together because they, like, the main title is kind of the ethos of the setter race. It has sort of this uh, audio, it's sort of the audio equivalent of the ethos of the federation. Right. Whereas Klingon battle is the sort of the ethos or the worldview of the um, of the Klingons, and you know it's it's got this you know horse archers riding on the step sort of <laughs> like yeah it, it's such a great um and it's and then that's how it is in the movie as well you hear the title which you know for those of you who don't know surprise <laughs> tng theme um yeah and it's in, in this is exactly how it is in the movie you hear the theme and then the first scene right away boom it goes that's in it. yeah it's exactly and, what goes on. And the yeah and yeah and it's it's interesting like he does such a good job with both songs of um yeah like giving the character of each of these i guess empire or feder or confederation um yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's Um, it's big i I mean it's it's explosive right like it's it's huge it's absolute and can i talk about the blaster beam oh yes absolutely the brown sound in um it's just, it's one of my favorite things it's this instrument you got you have to see this thing um so the guy who run is a former child actor named Craig Huxley he didn't invent it but he made his own a guy named John Lazelle invented it anyways it's basically a giant slab of aluminum with piano strings and guitar pickups and you play it like a dulcimer with mallets and you get this in you just you can't get a sound like that you know it, it's such a unique you can take the heaviest death metal guitar riff and it's just not going to be that heavy right? <laughs> and it and it, in this movie it represents viger and it represents this sort of this awesome for awesome but mysterious force you're witnessing and it's it, you know and it's been used in other movies but i think the blaster beam and the motion picture are like Hand you know have hand. this Hand in hand, absolutely. Awesome. It's, uh, for the number of years, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> that's pretty. That's that's pretty awesome. And I know it becomes the yeah. not only just the precedent for Trek, but it actually influences a lot of other sci-fi later on down the road, and and the the sound effects that they come up with. Uh, we're gonna plow yeah, on through absolutely. the album here. Yeah, we're gonna keep on going. Um, and the the odd thing, and we were talking about this kind of off off air, as it were. There, Jason, that was we were talking about how like the the tracks on the album on the original record don't really kind of sync up with the movie. They're kind of out of step a little bit. So yeah, and this is a great case in point. So the next uh, the next pair of songs we're gonna play off the soundtrack are uh, leaving Diedrock. <laughs> dry dock, leaving dry dock. Uh, apparently, I am not uh, dry this evening. I've probably had one too many scotches before I came out, but that's okay. Uh, leaving dry dock, and it's going to be followed up by the cloud. So, for those who may remember the movie, um, really the kind of the enemy is a giant cloud, um, which would later on to become uh, an enemy in many other superhero movies like a Fantastic Four or uh, a Thor, and people really hated that. So um, here you can direct all your hate to Star Trek. They were the first ones to use the giant cloud as your mortal enemy. Uh, So let's get to the next couple tracks from the 79 Star Trek movie. This is Leaving Dry Dock and The Cloud. Oh. Thank you. 
And that is The Cloud from the 1979 Star Trek The Motion Picture Film. Just before that was Leaving Dry Dock. Um, and as you, as my guest Jason mentioned off air, um, one of the longest leavings of Dry Dock that anyone could probably experience, uh, especially to sit in the theater and watch. Um, but I do, I, I, in, in listening to the record and prepping um, for the show today, listening to The Cloud um, a few times, I found it to be, uh, it, I remember when the movie was out in the scene with The Cloud and I wasn't really kind of blown away by it. Um, but listening to the music, it actually really, really brought it back visually for me. Uh, it keys up really, really well. I think it's a fantastic piece. It's so it's my favorite piece in the entire. Um, well, I, I said my favorite piece was Klingon Battle. <laughs> you <laughs> so can have more I than one. Know, it's okay. Parents have more okay, than one favorite child. Favorite. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's because this. It's kind of. I find the cloud is first in a, a, a series as they're getting deeper into v, as they're going further into V'ger. And so this one is introducing it as its most, at its largest scale. You're, it's still this mysterious object. It's a cloud with this like chasm in the middle. Yeah. And so I think it's so abstract that there's a lot of abstraction fluidity in the piece. And I think, it's as you said with the visuals, because the visuals they used were really neat at the time. They they used a lot of these abstract, sort of fluidish, fluidic effects that really masked the scale and size of it, but let you know that you don't want to mess with this thing. Like, <laughs> Do not mess a, with the cloud. <laughs> yeah. And and again, these these little uh, short interruptions by the blaster beam, right? You're yeah. like, oh, that couldn't be this dangerous. Boom! Yes, it is. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's 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 the the way he uses the dissonance, you know, the sort of melodic dissonance. Um, it's it's it it just really describes the inconceivable scale of this thing and sort of the inconceivable nature of this thing it's what is this you know um and yeah i I love it's not telling you anything yet it's it's leaving it's such a great mysterious piece that way oh absolutely um yeah cool um and then yeah go ahead Oh, and now, I don't know, should we talk Leaving Dry Dock as well? Um, <laughs> well, we can, because it, it actually ties into the next track that we're going to play uh, here in just a minute. Yeah. Because um, the next track is The Enterprise. And this is the point of the movie where, um, you know, the crew has reassembled and they stare at the ship lovingly for the better part of half an hour um, while the audience looks on. It's like, yep, it's the Enterprise. Okay, great. Let's, oh, we're still looking at the Enterprise. Uh, let's look at the Enterprise for a little while longer. Okay. <laughs> and it's odd that they don't kind of put them in sequence on the album because it's like Leaving Dry Dock should come after this part. Yeah. And Leaving Dry Dock builds on the Enterprise too because they're both using this, well, I'm going to ruin it a little, but the, the slow down um, main theme, right. which I think works so well for this. Um, but again, this I think not only the law, lo- this is the most exhausting taxiing out of a dry dock ever. <laughs> Just the amount of mood change, the tonal and mood changes 
throughout the piece, you know, it's, it starts really mysterious and suspenseful. But then all of a sudden, because it's, and the theme comes in and it's got this confidence about it, like, don't worry, we're gonna, you know, so it's this tug of, it's this really neat tug of war between something, because it's, um, just to fill listeners in, it's a, uh, the enterprise has just been rebuilt and they don't know if it's, you know, how well it's going to function. So, you know, and, and this song is sort of this, interesting uh tug of war where you're like oh what's gonna happen and another thing i was just gonna mention about 48 seconds in it has this sort of little and i don't know this is just maybe me but it seemed like a really nice little homage to uh the sort of energy of the original series music and i could be completely wrong about that but that's what i picked up when i heard that this um especially kind of their sort of actiony fight music i'm like all right let's get going and <laughs> i don't know i find that interesting that's where music um, that's what good, yeah. that's what good art does right it evokes uh, memories exactly. and emotions and stuff so all righty so it's time to move on to our next track on the album which we have mentioned is the enterprise and this is uh, like we said what uh, the crew is kind of getting used to seeing where the uh, the new enterprise the new refurbished rebuilt enterprise is going to take them so uh, let's drop the needle on the 1979 star trek album and let's listen to the enterprise
let that one fade out because it's the end of side one that was the enterprise from the 1979 star trek the motion picture film and i'm here with my guest jason everett we're talking trek and we're talking jerry goldsmith and we're talking iconic trek sounds and music and this movie is full of it one of the things i like about enterprise like that particular track is that it really has even, even though it's like a scene that is probably much longer than needs to be, the music and the sound has all the wonder that you should have when you see the Enterprise for the first time in a long time or the first time ever. Like it's just, it's full of that wonder. Jerry Goldsmith does a great job of making that big and, and fulfilling for everyone. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I think it's, it's a love it's not supposed to be a love song, but I think it's a love song between Kirk and the Enterprise. And there's some, um, I guess one of the things about Captain Kirk is he's pretty much married to the ship. That's something that is kind of really part of his personality. And the way the visuals and the audio queued up there was just absolutely incredible. Like he just, I remember watching it again. There's a part where he sort of peeks under just to like see, you know, like as they're going through the scaffolding of the dry dock, he's sort of peeking under, like peeking. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's just, it's such a, it's, it's almost adorable how, how, like, how 
you see him his how he lights up when he sees the Enterprise. It's like a little like, kid getting a new bike um, on Christmas kind of deal. It's very uh, absolutely a little bit childlike and and just that excitement and that thrill. And yeah, I think it works. Uh, it works really really well. It's it's a great piece. Yeah. Our next and the two slow to, and oh, the, go ahead. Oh, and it's, sorry, I was just going to say the slow slowing it down really gives it a profoundness as well, especially when it it all of a sudden cuts to the front shot of the Enterprise and it just, blah, the theme comes in full blast. And it's, it was just like shot and cut to, you know, edited to perfection that way. It was just so well done. And I, I think, I think that scene could have gone longer. No, oh. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it physically could. I don't I'm know. joking. No, exactly. All righty. Well, we flipped the record over and we're going to get on to um, our next uh, dual track uh, that we're going to play here. So it's going to be a combination of Aaliyah, Aaliyah's theme, um, uh, which is kind of the, the, the more romantic. Um, it's, it's kind of a little played out. It's like, oh, we have this female character and we're going to give them a love song kind of deal. <laughs> I guess it's, you know, very much in that tradition of, uh, of 70s. Um, attitudes, I suppose, and just kind of the way things roll. Uh, after Aaliyah's theme, we're going to have the V'ger flyover. And uh, and I had uh, folks at home who are listening and on the chat and, and listening in the podcast later um, haven't been able to see it, but I showed Jason it um, before we started the show and that the, the record um, um, uh, insert that's inside the sleeve actually has just kind of like uh, almost mugshot type photos of all the different characters that are in the in the movie and on one hand it's kind of cool and on the other hand very very dated so dated (laughs) (laughs) those uniforms oh my god (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty wild so um so with Aaliyah's theme like we're going to get kind of more of those um kind of the repeated riffs uh for the, the the trek sounds but again using them in a different way telling a different story Just the oh. kind of, yeah, the kind of thing that it's um, very common in scores, but it has to be done well, right? You really have to kind of craft it really, really well. You do, and um, I think that's where he does so well in here. I'm just trying to, um, yeah, something actually very interesting about Ilias theme in that is that it's the only time he actually uses Alexander Courage's uh, the intro from the original Star Trek theme. That bah, 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 bah. Oh. So he, yeah, it's a very, very, um, uh, it's actually, because it's in the overture. So this is one of the last movies, right. uh, one of the last major movies to have an overture. And so Ilya's theme also acts as the overture. Oh. And so it, it's just, he didn't want to do use uh, any of sort of, uh, original series era music, isn't so to speak, but he did want to have that uh, flourish in there from Courage, and that's something that you know ever since then has pretty much all that is always now part of Trek. So it's very cool. Um, it was right. very interesting to uh, see that. Yeah, let's jump right into it then. Let's get into uh, from the 1979 Star Trek motion picture. Let's get into Aaliyah's theme, and we're going to follow it right up with the V'ger flyover. Thank you. 
And that is V'ger Flyover from Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979 release. And just before that was Ilya's, is it Ilya? Ilya. Ilya, yeah. Ilya? Okay, Ilya's theme. Sorry, Ilya, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a terrible nerd sometimes. I just don't always... Uh, <laughs> Don't always know my stuff there, but uh, so like that V'ger flyover, and and I said, oh, I said we're running a little late tonight. I might might fade out of it early, um, and then as soon as I pull it up, it's like this big bombastic full on <laughs> symphony. I'm like, you can't you can't dial that back. Like we have to play this out, and that was that was pretty massive. That what what a great what a great piece. It's amazing, and it's I think it's a nice continuation of the cloud because. So much of this movie is a, this slow journey into the center of a giant cloud, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that sounds amazing. No, but seriously, like with this music, it does make it amazing. And I think now, at, with the, now you're actually seeing the large vessel that contains V'ger, right. um, just sort of a, as a running commentary. So this thing, you know, it's in the middle of this cloud, but it's still massive. So it's uh, more concrete now with, with the horns and the strings, yeah. you know, it's not as abstract as the cloud. And it, I think, and so in the, in the, in the um, movie itself, the enterprise is slowly going over and you get these amazing scenes of the scale of this thing. And so the forebodingness that you had in the cloud somehow didn't prepare you enough. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, we know we got something massive. It's like, Oh my God. God, this thing, and, so and just the way um, it the way it builds up, the, you know, it's got this it's got this slow build up uh, of, of of tension it, it, as as it's you know, and again, it's hard to see without the visuals, but you can imagine it's a very descriptive track, so you can imagine yeah. um, this, and it's it's again, this tr- soundtrack was so good at describing this. Indescribable scale and power, and this piece really is a good example of that too. I think absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're coming. uh, We're actually a little bit past the point in the show. (laughs) We're running light, so it is movie stat time. It's the time we talk about the films and their connections to comics and stuff. So I'm going to get right into it. Uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture was released uh, December seventh of 1979, which is almost ten years after the cancellation of the TV show which is kind of crazy all on its own. The fact that it managed to hang on long enough and build up an audience in syndication, which wasn't really such a big thing back then. Uh, it had a budget of $44 million and grossed $139 million at the box office. So that was considered a certifiable hit uh, back in those days. It's making like oh, nearly three, more than three times the... Uh, the cost of production, which is really good. It was pretty heavily criticized for its lack of action, as we've kind of come up through the movie here, um, or through the soundtrack. And But it also was criticized for its reliance on special effects. Ironically enough, in 2001, when they did the DVD release, they added more special effects. That was one of the selling features of the DVD re-release. It's like, if there wasn't enough to begin with, we're going to give you more. Um, so I know some of you might be out there going like, but Jay, like... Isn't your show about thing like properties that are based off of comics? And I'm like, well, kinda, yeah, it is. So there's a there's a pretty good comic connection here. So Star Trek number one 
was released by Gold Key Comics, and it debuted in May of 1967, which was only eight months after Star Trek, the original series, debuted on television. Now, what the comics have over the TV show is while the show was canceled after three years, the comics ran until 1979, just before the movie debuted. So actually, that was kind of a key part of keeping that fandom alive was the strength of the comic books. Um, after the film, Marvel Comics picked up Star, uh, Star Trek for an 18-issue run that ran between 80 to 82. And then after that, in 84, it was picked up by DC, uh, where they did a couple of different series and a whole bunch of little minis and one-offs for 136 issues in total of the original series. But they also produced some next-gen DS9 and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it went on beyond DC Comics as well. Um, through multiple publishers. So there has been more than their fair share of connections to comics. Uh, Trek is sustains um, combined through the television, through comics, through film. Uh, it is enduring. Uh, it is everlasting. And though some people will say that there might be another spacefaring adventure series that does a little bit better. Yeah, maybe it does. And, you know, but it's hard to say. It's to each their own, right? Like it's it's what you like. Exactly. Yeah. So potato, 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 potato. So, <laughs> so that's kind of our little uh, our little tidbits of knowledge. If you are looking to kind of like get into some Star Trek comics, there's a lot of stuff in reprint. Um, and thankfully, aside from the gold key stuff, it's not terribly expensive. If you do some digging through some dollar bins, you'll probably come up with some really really good stuff and some fun reads. All right, we're gonna There's get into a, our, uh, oh. oh yeah. There was also oh, um, a mirror next generation uh, series that has a very funny uh, Captain Picard looking like Scott Steiner. So yes. uh, if you want to see, yeah, it's pretty funny. Just <laughs> all right, we're gonna uh, get into our last two tracks of the night here, uh, and again, they're kind of two things that kind of happen out of order in the movie, but this is how they are in the soundtrack, and I'm not going to try to bounce the needle around. So we're going to get into the last two tracks here. Uh, the first one is The Meld, uh, and then the second one is Spock Walk, which to me this should be the other way around, shouldn't it, Jason? Is that, yeah? It absolutely <laughs> should be the other way around, but it's all good. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's put these down on here, so we'll hear a little bit. To our final two tracks tonight from Star Trek The Motion Picture. 1979 release.
was Spock Walk from 1979 Star Trek The Motion Picture. And just before that was The Meld, which we're pretty sure are completely out of order. Uh, <laughs> we know. <laughs> but Jay, you had some like you had some thoughts about The Meld that you were really kind of you wanted to share. Yeah, I think I both of them, actually. The one um, I think. Just briefly, maybe with Spock Walk, then we can get like I'll go backwards here, so we uh, we do sort of a we go back to the chrono back to some actual chronology here. Now, um, Spock Walk is sort of again, as I said, this journey into the cloud. Now you're sort of right at the core, and that overwhelmingness becomes completely chaotic and cacophonic in this track, and I it's incredibly modernist in its vibe. I'm not an expert on classical music at all, so don't, but it does remind me a lot of Bartok and uh, a lot of his music um, right. from my very amateur um, years. But um, something that I, I love, it's, it's so exhausting. Um, it's so overwhelming to spot like this, you know, he's getting sucked into this uh, aperture and yeah. into the central power of this really powerful right at the end there's something really that's is they do a minor key rendition of the theme that to me was such a amazing because it's 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 giving you the slight hopefulness but then turning it minor key it's it's it's, it's you're like huh? what? <laughs> so it's, it's and that comes right when he's going to do the meld so it's right. a perfect sort of mysterious moment that way um and then it, Meld itself, I think, is really a great way to wrap up, outside of the ending track, it's a great way to wrap up the plot, at least, where right. um, musically, it's the sort of intertwining of hopelessness and hopefulness, sorry, hopefulness through with sort of the mysteriousness and danger of V'ger. And even, and as, as it as it progresses, it starts getting more and more, you know, because in this scene, it's the melding of human and machine into yeah. a new life form. Yeah. And it's, you know, something that and it's pretty amazing that, you know, instead of destroying this thing, they let it evolve. It's a very Trek um, thing in general, but even the blaster beam at the end is doing these sort of happy <laughs> notes. And it's like, okay, you know, and it, it's, it's just a really, uh, it's just a really neat way of ending it because it's taking all the themes and all and a lot of these musical um, samples and such, not samples, but like sort of the musical themes from previous tracks and right. sort of synthesizing it into this final. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's beautiful. And if you watch it with the movie, that's sort of that final joining scene. It's you know it's it if you know what i mean if you're trekkie it's a very star trek thing it's just it's very beautiful in that sense it was and i know it went through a lot of working and reworking and there were pitches done by um some great writers like harlan ellison and many others who who try to like make this whole thing work and it took a while but eventually yeah they got there and the legacy of star trek continues on to this day so jason thank you so much for uh for bringing this soundtrack back into my world and uh and hey <laughs> <laughs> that you're welcome i mean that 
the more people that can enjoy this, the better. It's such a great piece of music, and and it's also a great movie. I think if if you haven't watched it in a while, or if you haven't watched it, do it's 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 much it's 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 much better than the general consensus um, tends to see. I think personally. Before we sign off for the night, Jason, you Which got problem? any uh, got any projects or uh, any any kind of special things you're doing? I mentioned at the beginning you're you're an artist, kind of by trade, I guess. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I have a website. If anyone's interested, it's jcevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevertevert